Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of season 2 of the Toward Light podcast. Continuing this summertime theme of how the Dharma can support us when the heat gets turned up, or when things get difficult, this week I want to talk about the link between Dharma practice and addiction recovery, and specifically how to link non-theistic Buddhism with 12-step recovery. You may be thinking this topic doesn't apply to you, maybe you don't have an addiction, or you don't do 12-step recovery, but you may have a habit you would like to change, or a pattern in your thinking you'd like to break, or a healthy behavior you would like to cultivate. So anytime I say the word addiction or talk about recovery, you can replace it with that habit or behavior. Anytime I try to address an addiction or unskillful habit or pattern in my thinking, it often comes down to control. When I was abusing substances, I was trying to control my mood. When I spend a bunch of time on social media, I'm trying to control my loneliness and sense of connection. When I get stuck in worrying about potential outcomes, I'm trying to control the future. In the U.S. and many other places, many of the addiction recovery methods are based on a 12-step model, which uses the idea of God, higher power, or power greater than oneself to help address the sense of control. There's this concept in the 12 steps of turning your will over to God or to a higher power in order to release this need for control. Now, in Theravada Buddhism, while celestial beings are discussed throughout the teachings, when it comes to the practice of the Dharma, there is no higher being to worship or pray to. The Four Noble Truths, the Noble Eightfold Path, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, the Five Spiritual Faculties, the Seven Factors of Awakening, etc., etc., are all free of any sort of celestial being or power. They are focused on ways we think, speak, and act. It is an active path based on our personal work and temperament. We do not worship the Buddha, we honor him, and we cultivate the Buddha nature within ourselves. So if we see and understand that our addiction is a type of control, and we want to surrender that control to a power greater than ourselves, how can we do that in a Buddhist, in a non-theistic framework? A power greater than ourselves that's addressed in the Dharma teachings is the truth of karma, the truth that every action has a reaction. Sometimes there's a direct line, I drop the water, now the floor is wet. I eat dessert every day, I gain weight. But sometimes it is less clear. Maybe I say something rude, and I don't have a direct consequence externally, but I feel bad and it colors the rest of my day and the rest of my interactions. Or I'm trying to do too much at once and I trip because I'm not in my present moment experience. If we say, I'm going to turn my life over to the truth of karma, We're saying, I'm going to own that every action has a consequence, so I'm going to choose my actions based on that truth. Often it can seem like we're on autopilot or doing things without thinking about the consequences. So part of the work is committing to seeing each action as a choice and seeing the karma or consequence that arises when we forget that truth. 
Another power greater than ourselves that's key to the teachings is the truth of anicca, impermanence. All conditioned phenomena are impermanent. When we try and control our relationship to keep it from falling apart, or when we try to control our body to stop it from aging, or when we try to control our fear by ignoring the truth of climate change, we are ignoring the truth of impermanence. We are ignoring the changing nature of all things. When we surrender to the truth of impermanence, when we turn our will over to this power greater than ourselves, we are relinquishing this futile sense of control we have about the uncontrollable. We can stop wasting our time and energy and instead let go. Easier said than done, I know. A practice that can be useful is if you're participating in an unskillful or addictive behavior, ask yourself, what am I trying to control in this moment? What would happen if I didn't? An example. Earlier today, I picked up my phone to play a game. Why? Because I was sad and I didn't want to feel that feeling. I wanted to control my emotions. And guess what? I only distracted myself from that sadness for a moment. And then it came back even stronger as soon as I put my phone back down. Because I didn't honor the truth of impermanence, the truth that the sadness would arise and pass away if I let it do its natural life cycle. But instead, I tried to control that impermanence by making it go away sooner. And the emotion actually lasted longer. A third power greater than ourselves that I've talked a lot about recently is the truth of dukkha, the truth that there is difficulty in life. And we try and control that by ignoring that truth and taking a drink or escaping into our phone or doing the opposite and obsessing about the difficulty and trying to plan for every eventuality. When we see dukkha as a power greater than ourselves, we see the truth of difficulty and we do not try to avoid or control it but to meet it with open eyes. If we see these three things together, karma, impermanence, and dukkha, as this power greater than ourselves, then we can work with our addictions and habits. Let's take the phone example. Specifically, let's say we're trying to break the habit of picking up and looking at our phone when we're with other people. That's the habit we're trying to change. So we can get curious every time we feel our arm reach for the phone or every time our fingers touch the phone. What am I trying to control in this moment? What might I be avoiding? What could be the consequence of this action? Even if we only catch ourselves one out of every 20 times, just getting curious about it is allowing us to begin to break the habit and notice our tendency for control. If you are someone who's active in a 12-step program or have wanted to go but have found yourself turned off by the theistic language, Notice if you replace God with karma or anicca or dukkha or a combo of the three. What do you notice then? Are you able to be more open to that recovery model? Is there some willingness to surrender? I'll wrap up with one more example. Take the habit of internally criticizing others, even if you don't verbally express anything, but you see someone and you have a judgment. When we do this, we can be trying to control how we view ourselves or how we want to be seen in relation to others. If the thought is, oh my goodness, she looks old, we may be trying to control how we feel about our own aging or control our fear about that person being impermanent and getting closer to death. Or when we judge someone, we may be ignoring the truth of dukkha, not seeing that maybe they're having a bad day or experiencing difficulty 
but instead want to control how they are. In order to break this habit, we, as you can assume, get curious. We ask the questions, what am I trying to control? What would happen if I didn't? How can I let it go? So a sense of curiosity and a sense of willingness to see that there are forces greater than ourselves can help us relinquish some level of control and help us live a more easeful, natural life rather than trying to fight against the patterns and tendencies of life, the patterns of karma, of impermanence, and of dukkha. I've included links to addiction recovery resources, specifically Dharma-related, in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.